Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. I mean, the guy just continues the theme of not working anymore. I don't, I don't really get what's going on. I mean, I, I've yelled three times. I, dude, I mean, he's changed, you know? He, he's changed a lot. Look, he's just moseying on over. Look, still talking. Still talking. I, 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 just, just unbelievable. Takes a whole day off yesterday to golf and watch golf. And now he's been late to every segment. All he does is go out in the hallway and talk. Bro, Yes. We are live. Like, comes in here. Are we live? Yes. Kisner's yelling at you for the past minute. Dude, what, what, like, what is Kisner going on? Kisner was not yelling at me. I yelled three times. Three, three times. Yes, yeah. he did. 25 seconds. Oh, like, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Get your stuff together. <laughs> oh, this man. is a disaster. I'm so sorry. I mean, uh, I, real, I really like, am. If I... you're going to bring that attitude <laughs> and that, um, you know, level of commitment to the show today. You should have just stayed at home. You should have taken uh, two days I off. I really should have. Yes, you should have. Really you should have. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I mean, okay, so can we do a show together yeah, and, like, yeah. commit and stop, like, gossiping out there in the hallways and, like, gossiping. just. I'm getting schooled up on the uh, uh, on the comedy scene here in Denver. Yeah, we'll do that during the breaks, not when we're supposed to be I on air. I thought it was a break. I thought it was a break. I'm so sorry. See, you, your time management is so bad uh, because, like, you'll sit and you'll talk for a little bit around here, and then all of a sudden you go and you start talking to other people over there. But, dude, like, you don't have much time to do that after you spent two or three minutes doing it here. Yeah. 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 Okay. What did you tease? <laughs> oh, goodness. Training camp is now closed to the public, man. Just like that. It's it's a wrap. Now, I think they'll do, like, an event or two maybe next week for, you know, sponsors. that They kind of do that every year. Yeah, um, but for the public. Yeah, for the public, it's a wrap. What'd you make of the ticket situation? I mean, I know we talked a little bit about it. You brought your son one day. Yes. Just what do you, what'd you make of first year having tickets to go to camp? It was like one of the biggest about faces here in recent memory from a take that I had held strongly to. And then three weeks later, it's just a, a, a complete about face that there's just things that sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, you know, and... I thought the ticket idea was a bad idea. Um, I thought one of the cool natures of training camp was the fluid nature of it. That like it's a Saturday morning. Like, hey, do you guys want to go to camp today? Okay, let's let's you know, f- you know, pack up the car. And we're gonna go to training camp. And then when you made it the ticket system in such an allotment and limited it to literally half of the um, attendance that you. Have had on certain days from a year ago, going from you know some days it'd be six thousand people there, and then the limited to three. I was thinking of the fans and um, people summers, and sometimes you don't want to schedule stuff out. Sometimes you just take stuff day by day in the summer, and um, I thought it was a horrible idea. And then camp came, and the, you saw just the easier nature of making your way across the hill. Um, going to the bathroom, going to get water, uh, waiting in line um, this past week to, to see the cheerleaders and get stuff signed. Everything. You were waiting in line to see the cheerleaders. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so Look at you. So stupid. Um, That's what I, you said. I walked by people waiting in the line, oh. and it looked more manageable. In years past. I thought I saw you in that line. <laughs> That's why you were late the other day. In years past, you could see like snake around the thing, and I'm like, man, if you want to stand in that line, you have to pick. Do I watch practice? 
Or do I wait in that line? If you want to do the kicking contest and throwing contest, do I want to miss 40 minutes of practice or do this? And it just everything from parking and just the general comfortability of it, I thought was a slam dunk. How about you? Yeah, I thought it was uh, ended up being a really good thing. You think about like 3,000 people there, you know, it's that's a lot. And um, that now you look at it and you say, okay, if we double it to 6,000 on a Saturday, that's way too many. It is. It it's is. too congested. It is. Way too many people um, would be in that small area. And it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be as much of an enjoyable experience. And that's what you said. Uh, I know um, the first time that we had talked about it. So I think uh, it ended up being a really good thing. And I was with you. I was like, ah, come on. Like, we got to do tickets for this. But I think, um, you know, now that we've been through the whole process, yeah. it turned out to be a really good thing. And it's it's a better experience. Yes. It's a better experience getting up there because still 3,000. I mean, there's, that's a good crowd. It is. That's it, a good-sized crowd. And you, you want to know what it did? And this is my last thought on it. We can shift gears here. But it it created an obligation for people with the tickets to come on days at the end of camp where it typically peters uh, out that, like, you show up there on a Tuesday when the kids are back to school and you look at the lawn and, shoot, there's still 3,000. It typically is not like that at the end of camp. You'll get your 6,000 on a Saturday and then maybe on a, on a Tuesday after school or a Wednesday when school is back in session, there might be one to 2,000. The hill's really thin. But because people had tickets and made them follow through with their commitment because you already had the tickets. And because you couldn't go to another day. Right. You didn't have a ticket for right. it. So maybe you only had a chance to get the one ticket to the one day. And that was later in camp when yep. it was open and available. And so it was like, okay, well, I, normally I'd like to go on that first Saturday, that first Friday. Well, I couldn't get a ticket for it. So right. now I got I want to go see them practice. So I got my tickets. It's later in camp. I'm going to go use them. Well done, Broncos. Well yeah. done, Broncos. Damani Leach and whoever's in charge of that, you know, uh, side of the, uh, of the business end of it. Um, okay. A couple general questions. Now that training camp is close to the public, we know it's not over, over. According to Sean Payton yesterday, the, the end isn't even in sight. For a training camp, uh, definitely sounds like a, a Bill Parcells disciple uh, in that soundbite. Um, but n- for all intents and purposes, from the fan standpoint, it's a wrap. What did you make of things? How about just operationally to start? Well, um, you know, you go from one of the worst looking training camps that I've seen to get ready to play football to one that looks like it should look. This is how football should look. This is how you should practice in 2023. There's only so much that you can you can do um, with all the rules and the regulations that they have now. I mean, you're not going two days, you're not hitting, and all this stuff all the time. So, uh, I think it's it's night and day, you know, um, night and day c- compared to what we've been seeing around here, and especially last year. So, I uh, I I check approve Sean Payton. How about you? Yeah, big thumbs up. I mean, you would be hard-pressed to find greater contrast from what we watched a year ago, which we, this show, dubbed uh, training glamp. That certainly has taken off as a phrase when looking back to last year, uh, which kind of you know pat you on the back for, because I think it was you who was the first one that said it. Um, but the contrast from what happened a year ago to, to this camp, this looked like football practice. Last year didn't. It's that simple. Yep. Um, how... Uh, why did we never see, I've been wanting to ask you this for a couple days, and forgive me if you talked about it yesterday where I was glamping myself. Why did we never see the Broncos do goal line? Yeah, that's a um, a good question. I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, you know, we've kind of chatted about that a little bit off to the side. And, you know, uh, I think it's D-Max said, well, you know, they say that, you, that that's the least amount of – I'm trying to look for the right words here. Um, you don't do it a lot. You don't have a lot of goal line in in games, right, where it's like 14 times a year, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And But my point is those 14 are really important. So – just like situational football is important, you know, two minute uh, obviously is probably you know more important than goal line because you do it a lot more and you see it a lot more if you're a defense. And but goal line's important, you know. You, you get down there and uh, you want to execute to finish drives off with a touchdown to stop guys. But I, I'll say this: I think uh, maybe one of the reasons is the only the only way to get good goal line reps is to go live. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And and you really don't want to do that. So um, is that something we could see in joint practices? It could, certainly it could be. Um, and, and and they might just do it one time, and where you do two or three plays that are live, and that's it. That could also happen. It still could happen, but coaches don't like to do that because I mean the only way that you can get a good look is all right, man. We got to go live. Got to be. And live. You don't want to go live, right? You really don't, right? Right. Um, so, I, that that's the only thing that I can kind of come up with. You have any other ideas? No, I don't. And 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 hearing Sean Payton actually say, "What are you only there twelve times a year?" I think was the number. Is he that, gave. Okay, it, I didn't. I didn't. I don't re- yeah, recall I, hearing I, that. I actually think he cited a number last week. He's like, "Well, we're only going to be there twelve times. We're not going to, you know, do it for twelve different days." But haven't we seen it cost the Denver Broncos a game here in, in just in the last year? Yeah, I mean, I remember that Seattle game. We had a couple fumbles, one by Melvin, one by Javante. First time since 1987 where there was replacement players out there had a team fumbled twice on the one-yard line. And you look at the margin of victory in that game, I mean, that cost the Broncos the game. And I think actually one of the plays, Melvin's fumble, not to let him off the hook in any way, shape, or form, um, the one... It wasn't there a wrong come going back here, but I think who was the uh, Glasgow got the wrong call and like went into like almost like a pass set and he got blown back into Melvin and that's what caused like the fumble and it's just the order of operation wasn't buttoned up enough and it led to a turnover on the goal line and it changed the win probability and put the Broncos in an zero and one hole and and man Stoke to take it a step further. What did Sean Payton say at the start of camp that he was going to do differently than last year That from Hack? He said, we're going to do everything different, right? Yeah. And that explosive piece to Jarrett Bell. And the USA Today said, we're going to do everything opposite. Nathaniel Hackett's first drill last year in, in, uh, in practice was goal line. And he said, why did you do that at the start of practice? That's often the end of practice. And I remember him saying, well, we want our guys, we think they're going to be sharpest mentally at the start of practice, and you got to be doing a lot of thinking down there, and that's what we're leading with. So quite literally, Sean Payton did the opposite of Hackett in uh, again. Do you think he did? No. I mean, he nope, doesn't nope, know that they nope, did that last nope, year. Nope. Nope. I'm just saying it ended up working out yeah. almost like ironically. And, you know, to go back to Hackett and, and that thought, um, well, I, I'd rather do it at the end of practice then. Right? I mean, aren't you going to have Make them goal think lines? when you're yes, tired, right? right. right aren't you right. going to have goal line situations good. Yep. Uh, in the fourth quarter yep. when you're tired and there's, like, a lot going on? You're, it's, you know, I don't want everybody to be fresh. I want you to be tired and have to think yep. and have to make plays. 
Uh, and I think goal line stuff, obviously, look, a lot of bodies end up on the ground. And you get people rolled up on, you get ankles, knees, stuff like that, and it's um, it's uh, the injury probability probably goes up. And I think that's a big part of it in this situation. So I don't know. A lot of teams don't ever go live, and they don't, you know, so they so doing goal line when you're not going live is like almost pointless, like just getting your fit defensively and running back. I mean, you're going to have to break a tackle yeah, right down there. Yeah. Usually you don't just walk in, so you're going to have to run through somebody, and if you're not able to do that, or if you're not able to wrap up and see if you can tackle the guy to the ground, then what's the point? doesn't make sense. It's just like wasted time. So the Broncos, the first, unless it happens in this preseason game tomorrow night, which I want to talk about here in a second, could the first time that they run goal line in the regular season be the first time? That's a scary thought for me. That's a scary thought. Live. Could be. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they'll practice it at some point. you, you got to go through it and have a couple plays. But live, live, it could be. Certainly. It's just the way it is nowadays. But you could see it, like you said, in the joint practices, possibly. Could. could. Oh, they still have, you know, we're not going to be watching every practice now. I mean, right. they could still do it and do it live if they, if that's the way that, if he feels like there's real value there. Interesting. That's just a footnote to keep our, our, our eye on before uh, September 10th, week one against the Raiders. Um, I got some follow-up questions about camp. Uh, we can talk about that in a couple minutes, but I want to shift gears for t- tomorrow night. You tossed it out there earlier in the show. You said, hey, what do we what do we want to see? What does it look like? And I'm curious your response to your own question. Well, I asked you. You know, like, why are you asking me? I answered that yesterday. What, what, oh, when you weren't oh, here. Oh, oh. Dude, what's going on here? I should have known. So you're taking my question that I asked you because I wanted to know your opinion. Yeah. Okay, I, I, what do I want to see? I want to see um, offensively. I want to see a team that, um, you know, can put some plays together and can put a drive together and can finish it off hopefully with a touchdown. But I want to see Russ comfortable. I want to see Russ making the right reads, the right decisions uh, with the football. Um, and I think my biggest, biggest thing that I want to see, that I want to take away from this football game, is this offensive line play better. Mm. That's my biggest concern right now. And how could it not be for everyone here when you watch what we watched last week? Right? And I know we don't have McGlinchey, but... Hey, we got Bowles and Ben Powers over there on the left side, and they look bad. Yes, they did. They looked really bad. So I want those guys hopefully to play much better so I can feel better. Okay, oh, that was just a one-off. They got another practice under the belt. They're playing much better now. Um, but it's a, it's about going out there and protecting Russ to give, him a, to give him a chance to be successful. Because if that protection looks like it did last week, oh boy, this season or Saturday, you know, like Russ isn't going to be able to stay healthy this year. He's just, it's just not, not going to not going to happen. And put a lot of resources in that offensive line. So I, I want to see that offensive line get better. And and hopefully, we and, and to me that's like the number one goal, the number one thing that I want to see. I, do they need to score three touchdowns or two touchdowns? Just offensive line play better because I believe if they do play better, that other stuff will happen. The good stuff, the touchdowns. I love it. Um, do you want to answer the question now, or do you just like want to? Go move on to something else. <laughs> um, offensive line has got to be uh, where our focus is tomorrow night. Uh, it was a disaster a week ago. Um, and, and and in terms of if you see it, it's going to translate to, you said, points, touchdowns, but also running the ball. I was not, and I don't think the raw stats tell the whole story. You have to watch the game. I was not impressed at all with the Broncos running game. 
no. a, a, a week ago. And it got going a little bit, like, you know, back-to-back five-yard runs from Samaje Pirine, who was just running freaking hard. But I didn't see any, <clears throat> um, you know, some of the hallmarks that you see from, you know, an effective running team, you know, like holes, <laughs> like <laughs> like the guys that you paid tons of money to to make the job of the backs easier. Uh, and I didn't think they did that, uh, that they did that a, a week ago. And then, I mean, you mentioned it. Russell took a pounding. Was, too many times he's, like, getting up slow against guys we've never heard of from the projected worst team in the sport. San Francisco, I mean, even if they don't play their starters, they just have a certain um, physicality to them as a brand of football. And we talked about this last year. It's like, how can you have a sport that is so inherently physical and one team like the Niners sticks out so much in that regard? Like, they're just different than the rest. And they got their rear ends whooped a week ago by the Raiders. And I just don't think stuff like that is going to sit well with Kyle Shanahan. I think there's going to be a reset of the tone of the team. So Denver's offensive line and just about everyone else better to be ready for a, a fist fight on a Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who they play. Obviously, Bosa's not going to play, right? I no. mean, he's been holding out. I still believe that. Yep. I think he yep. still is. Yep. Yeah, he so is. Um, you won't see him. Uh, obviously, one of the best pass rushers in the game, but they still have a good front. They got some dudes up front. Um, you mentioned a few of them early, early on. So it, it'll be a good test if they play. If those guys play in for this offensive line, you're going to be on the road again. Right, and see how you respond. Need need to be better though. I want I need to see some progress, um, and and hopefully hopefully we get that on Saturday because it's like you said. I mean everything is predicated on those guys up front, and if and if they're a bad unit, you got no chance. Nope. You, you're just gonna have no chance offensively, and that would be a big bummer. You know um, the resources that you put in that group. Oh my gosh! And then to not be able to really. You know, take that step forward offensively because that group up front's not getting it done. Right. And Russ is getting hit, you know, way too many times. And guys are open, but he can't get on the football. We can't run the football and establish that. So our play action game stinks. So hopefully we're, we're coming in feeling a lot better about that group up front. You can't um, address it with a heavier hand than the Broncos have. Your first round a left tackle you've paid. Uh, your left guard, you've moved on from Dalton Reisner, who was serviceable, who's still out there, by the way made a workout video this week, like still grinding. Like, dude, it is so so crazy. I can't I just, believe he's I, still I, out there. I just, bro, I, like, I don't we're, – we're going into the second preseason game, like third or fourth week of camp, three three weeks into camp, whatever we are now. Yeah. Like, what? How? How, how has this happened? Ha- has to want too much money. Has to. But how many exits do you have to pass on that road to you re- realize, you know what, we, 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 we got to – Settle a little bit. Right. And then if it's not that, now you're just waiting for an opportunity, right? So yeah, that that could be the case also, like a, a, a good opportunity to be a starter and to play. And so, you know, you can turn that one-year deal into, a, you know, right. a, a multi-year deal the following year. Um, and you're, you're just looking for that, that, that right opportunity. And guys are going to get hurt, right? I mean, that's what's going to happen. You're going to have offensive linemen go – go down here during the preseason, during the season. So there'll be some openings and maybe you're just kind of sitting back and saying, okay, I know this is what I'm going to make, right? So I'm not going to go ahead and and sign with Minnesota Vikings right now because there's not a great avenue for me to be a starter. So let me wait for a starter to go down where I can step in and play and show that, hey, 
this guy deserves that multi-year contract. I, it's, it's one of two things there, I think. Yeah. Think of anything else? No. For no, Dalton? no, I can't. I can't. Um, goodness, that, that one's such a mystery. But I was going through it, and you guys know this to be true. I, just to reset it briefly, left tackle, first-round pick that you've paid, left guard, uh, you gave him three years, $30 million. Your center is a top three-round draft pick. Your right guard is a top three-round draft pick. And your right tackle to go with Bowles is the most expensive pair of tackles in the National Football League. And he's already banged up, but we got to see it, man. We've been talking about a bad offensive line for too many years. Um, and the trickle-down of, like, Russ needs a run game, uh, you know, and the receivers need Russ, and you can kind of go through it. It's It just it starts and ends there. Um do points matter to you tomorrow night? Like, do, does does the Broncos' starting offense, will you be disappointed if the Broncos' starting offense don't get 10 toes down in the freaking end zone? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'll be disappointed. I want to see them score a touchdown. Of course. But it's not the end-all, be-all, right? I mean, it's just not. Uh, but it, w- it would be nice, and it's going to be a, a little bit disappointing if they don't. I want to see them, like I said, I want to see them look good and look competent and Russ look comfortable and this offensive line play better. And if I see all that and they don't get in the end zone and score a touchdown, it's like, okay, I can still feel, you know, good about what I saw, maybe not great about what I saw. Um, So it doesn't have to be a product of of scoring a touchdown um, because you can see some good things and not quite get in the end zone, right? Yep. Have a nice. That's kind of where I'm at. But I, I yeah, be, be, it would be nice, right? I mean, how do you feel about it? How do you view it? I don't know if it'll be possible for me to feel great tomorrow night without them scoring a touchdown. I think I can be encouraged. I think I'd be, I can be optimistic about like a ten play drive that ends with you know twenty six yard field goal. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel optimistic about that. I, I don't know if I can get to great. We got to remember what great looks like, and we 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 haven't seen it. In a long, 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 long time. But when it looks great, like Derek Carr in New Orleans, that opening drive, 12 yards or 12 plays, 80 yards down the football field. He had a new quarterback in a new situation, and it was like, boom, we're here. That that will make me feel great. I don't know if settling for a field goal, I can feel better, optimistic, but not great. How about from Russ? Like, what are you, what are you hoping to see? What are you, what are you, you know, expecting to see from him? After this week of practice, right, which I think mm-hmm. has been better mm-hmm. um, than, than maybe we saw early on. You know, we were the ones that just was telling the truth about practice, yeah. right, and and how bad it was looking early, and it's gotten better now. What You know, and I think... You know what I first what first came to my mind, and I had to catch myself from responding this way. You said, what do you want to see from Russ? You know what first came to my mind? I want to see that freaking guy take off and look like the athlete I watched for a decade. But I actually don't want to see right. him. So that's why I had to catch myself. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be cool, being patient, waiting to see that against the Raiders. Because I think Russell Wilson, rushing yards this year, there's going to be an opportunity to make some money early in the season with his. You said that last year. I know. I yeah, know. I know too. I know. And it wasn't. It was a lost opportunity. It, 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 it was. It was an opportunity to lose money. <laughs> I think. I think there's going to be Ugh, a real don't. effort for Russell Wilson to get out and run this year. The way that he has been reluctant in the last two years, I think there is an acceptance and an acknowledgement that me just in the pocket is not good enough. I'm not 40. I'm 35. I can still do this, and I need to do this to keep my standing with the Broncos and in this league. I think Russell is going to rack up 
some rushing yards this year, man. I do. Oh, don't, don't, you don't think don't. so, huh? I, 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 uh, no, I'm just having flashbacks of last year. This, this was your same spill. This was you. You want me to tell you what you said last yeah, year? Tell me. Russ is going to get over prop here rushing. You know why? Because you know they last year he they they told him that you know he's he's washed up and that he he can't run anymore and that he's getting old and so he's going to make it a big point of emphasis to use his legs and to you know stick it to Pete and the Seahawks. I said all that, huh? Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. Um, no, but I, I, I think you're right. I, I, I would have to tend to agree with you um, on, on, on that one. And we'll see, you know, if they do any of the RPOs with them. Certainly that's a big part of, you know, the NFL now. And yep. if you got a mobile quarterback, we saw a couple of those late in the season, right? Where yeah, we kept them. Yeah. You just worry about him staying healthy. Yep. You know, I think about the Chiefs game where he had that concussion and um, just hopefully he's just, hey, no one to hold him, no one to fold him, right? Uh, but I, I do. I, I, I think um, I think I agree with you there. You know, Russ hasn't done in the last two seasons have a rush for twenty yards. Really, just twenty? Wow, dude! He used to wake up and do that in his sleep. Longest rush a year ago was nineteen yards, and I want to say that was at the end of the season with Rosberg, I think. And the longest rush in the twenty twenty one season, his last year in Seattle, was seventeen yards. That's just, I, I think that changes this year. I think that changes here, but we'll see. We'll see. I was wrong about it a year ago. Could be wrong about it. He could, he could just be a changing athlete who is in his right. mid-30s and, like, normal life is catching up with him. But the weight loss, I think there's maybe an, uh, a newfound acceptance of. So, see, you talked on the weight loss. We're gonna, about oh, we're going to talk about it. Okay. We're going to talk about it. All right. What is the Broncos ceiling in 2023? What's their floor? After 20,000 simulations, ESPN's model spit out both numbers, and we'll pass them along to you coming up next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Don't know nothing about that boy you're into. Don't feel bad for you, but I feel bad for him. And all the hell you gonna be putting him through. Probably tell him we're a burnt out plane. Probably tell him that I ain't been on your mind. All right, happy Friday. You made it to the weekend. It's been a good, fun week here. Got a football game tomorrow night that I know we'll be locked into and coming here and reacting on Monday, which really, for all intents and purposes, is like, it's the last dress rehearsal. It's the last dress rehearsal. After tomorrow night, I don't think, um, unless it's a, uh, an unfortunate piece of news, like, we're kind of almost done gathering information on who this football team is going to be this year. Yeah, probably so until that first game, right? Um, I was just thinking about Sean Payton and, you know, what, what happens if the offense doesn't play well? Oh, I you know, see where you're at. see them go back out and have to play in preseason game three. Mm. Um, so uh, that that's going to be interesting uh, to see how he does handle game three. And if he if they don't play well, does he decide to you know get him more work? Mm. It's Sean Payton, so I just don't know. Yeah, 
I think you have a plan, you stick to the plan, right? If you don't, if you're not gonna, if you're not planning on playing them now, I don't think you really deviate from that. Okay. I don't think so, but you, you, right? We don't know. We don't know with him. We don't know. He is. Um, <clears throat> he's. He even in the last twenty four hours, even in the last twenty four hours, Sean Payton has done something like, huh? I, damn. Okay. Uh, and we'll we'll get to that here in a couple minutes. Um, when we talk about ceilings and floors, though, for this football team in twenty twenty three, ESPN they have their football power index, and they did a simulation of the NFL season. 20,000 times, and they spit out the worst-case scenario for the football team or the best-case scenario for the football team. More so than football power index, and I'll read you the numbers here in a second. What do you think, Brandon Stokely, of the floor and the ceiling of this football team if things, if you catch those green lights or if there's some roadblocks? Yeah, I think floor here is six wins. I think ceiling is ten. Ceiling is 10. Yeah. If everything breaks right. Yeah. 10 and 7. Yep. I don't see them being 11. 11 wins is hard in the NFL, right? I, sometimes people throw that stuff around a little bit too loosely around here. Um, and it's like we have to remember where we came from, where we've been. And came remember. the mud. Yeah. We're, we've been stuck in the mud. Yep. And also remember who our neighbors are, who's in our division. Good point. In tough division. So I just I, I can't I can't envision this team winning eleven games. Just can't. Doesn't mean it, it it can't happen, you know, but I just I can't. I can't envision that happening, Zach. How about you? Man. I think the floor of the football team, if if stuff just goes awry. And this is like I'm trying to think of the scenario of like what would it have to look like? How many did the team win a year ago? Five, right? Five wins a year ago. Well, one of those came without Russell. Uh, who 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 was the backup a year ago? Uh, it was Rippin. Rippin won a game. Did they beat the Jets? Was it the Jets again? I think it was. But Rippin is responsible for one of those wins. So Russ won four games a year ago. Four total games. And I'm trying to think, man, if this is a disaster, that means the offensive line doesn't get better. That means Russ is getting knocked all around the field. That means Russ is getting knocked out of uh, playing on Sundays. And Jarrett Stidham is the quarterback for the Broncos. That means he would now be the worst quarterback in the division. And you'd be trying to build up from a five-win team. Um, i say the floor is a little bit lower than you have. Okay. I, I think the floor could be five wins again. Uh, again, if, and this is not what I'm projecting or predicting, but if stuff goes wrong and it hits the fan, the Denver Broncos could be a five-win team again. If stuff goes right, I think my ceiling is a little bit higher than yours. Like, if everything clicks, Javante's back, he's healthy as hell. Cortland looks like 2019 Cortland. Jerry Judy is catching every single ball that's thrown his way, and he looks like the guy that you know we were getting on draft night or who, who he was billed to be on draft night. Justin Simmons is an all-pro. I mean, you got guys like Drew Sanders flying around as rookies. 11 wins. 11 wins. Is this even possible? It's like me playing the Powerball. I mean, is it really possible? Yeah, I could win it, but is it really possible Like for all that stuff to happen? What part did I just say that it, uh, that you bristled the most at? I mean, you said a lot. Um, 
Sutton looks great. Judy looks great. Javante is fully back healthy. This is all stuff that a lot of Broncos country is just expecting to be true. Yeah, you know, I don't know if Sutton can get back to 2019 Sutton. Uh, can Judy be that consistent guy? Can he? Like, can he actually do that and be that guy over a full season? Right. And not do it for four or five games and not do it, you know, then then three or four games just, you know, kind of disappear. I, I, we just haven't seen it yet. And so to think that everything is going to intersect. I know we said ceiling. Yeah. For a reason. All green lights. Um, going down Arapahoe. It's just yeah. all green, green light after green light and you're just buzzing. That's your why I play the Powerball, I guess, right? I mean, there's saying there's a chance. But, man, um, with a Super Bowl-winning head coach and a, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, and if I'm still told that he can play, the Denver Broncos reaching 11 wins should not be akin to the Powerball. Like, if you got the right coach and you got the right quarterback, and those two things are true, and all your investments that you made grow, like, and, and that's why I'm just going one yeah, game you got higher. It. Right, I, I got it, but you got to have, um, no, I know you didn't say 14 wins. No. Right. <laughs> But you got to have your quarterback bounce back. I mean, so like we don't know what that's going to look like. And uh, look, I, I, maybe I'm giving you too much pushback here. But just when you're running through everything and saying Javante and then Cortland and Judy, it's like wow. And then we need Justin Simmons to be you know an All Pro again. And then you know Alex Singleton has to you know have 200 tackles again. And and Randy Gregory's going to have to have 12 sacks. And I just that's a, just a lot. But um, we said ceiling. You did say ceiling. So. This, that's the exercise. Again, to emphasize, I'm not projecting that to be the case. Uh, Merrillite just texted me. He said, Rippin's game was he beat Colt McCoy in the Cardinals. Oh. Was the Broncos' uh, win without Russell Wilson. Um, this is what ESPN said. After 20,000 simulations in their football power index, the ceiling of this football team is 11 wins and six losses. The floor of the football team is six wins, 11 losses. So it's the opposite of one another. Okay. According to this football power index, 20,000 simulations from ESPN's model. Best case is 11 and six. Worst case is six and 11. That would, in this little exercise, they're saying that my ceiling is the same as theirs and your floor is the same as theirs. I just think if things go bad, I've seen it too often. Who, if you were doing this exercise a year ago, what was the Broncos' floor? I don't think it was five wins. No, I was not expecting to be five wins. Not that bad. Certainly not. Um, but obviously, look, things can go sideways quickly if you lose your quarterback and you're in a tough division. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, Russ can stay healthy this year and this offensive line can do a good job. Uh, it's, it's just hard to win double digits in the NFL. It is. And, you know, when, you, when you're looking at who you play in the division, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. So hopefully this week, hopefully tomorrow, get this thing going back in the right direction and watch an offensive line, you know, that can, like you said, create some running lanes for our running backs because um, that's going to be very important this year. No play question. action passing yes. game for us. I think that's, that's going to be a staple. That's that's going to be something that they're going to have to lean on and rely on to open this passing game up and be successful in the passing game. All right, good conversation. Um, someone at ESPN actually said Broncos could be a sneaky Super Bowl contender. We'll play some of that audio audio for you here in a second. Uh, I <laughs> I think that I think that, and I've been wanting to say this for a couple days now. 
I think that Broncos defensive coordinator Vance Joseph went a little bit too far with his praise for one area on the Broncos defense. And I'll tell you exactly who and why coming up next. and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. I think this past week, I think Vance Joseph uh, went a little bit too far with his praise for one area of the Broncos' defense. Uh, we've we uh, we're rooting for VJ, right? We're rooting for Vance Joseph and this redemption story. And if this defense doesn't take a step back, and actually that's a good question for you after watching what you've seen, because you were a guy on the station that uh, would say throughout the off season, don't be shocked if this defense takes a little bit of a step back. Do you still feel that way after one preseason game and most of training camp? Um, I feel better. About it than I did, you know, months ago because I've actually um, more optimistic about our pass rushers. They've looked better. They have looked better. Uh, Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, uh, and we don't even have um, Baron Browning. Right, right. He's 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 injured, and um, Randy Gregory looks great. So like those guys look really good out there, and so I'm more optimistic about them. I'm still concerned about the the. Run, run defense, yeah, and and stopping the run. But I feel better about our pass rushers right now than I did uh, months ago. Me too. I've been pleasantly surprised, really. Um, and I, I mostly agreed with your um, take in this off season that. And then when Vance got fired, I remember you saying like, if this defense takes a step back, I could see potentially Vance being like a fall guy. You mean Vance got hired? Did you say fired? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If we fired After, him already again? No, no, I'm sorry. Oh, breaking A- news, Zach. After Vance was rehired by the Broncos, it had already been your take that the Broncos could be taking a step back defensively, and you're like, oh, I could see a scenario where he's he's the bad guy here. That, oh, well, Vance can't coach. You know, that's why this defense took a step back when it was already organically probably going to happen. Right. He's the fall guy. Yep. Uh, so we'll see how it looks. Uh, but I've... I've um, I'm more optimistic okay. than I was. Good, good. Me too, me too. I do think, though, uh, if I'm just being real, I think Vance Joseph took his praise a little bit too far for a certain member or certain room defensively because he said it last week into a microphone, and then he mentioned it to Steve Levy and Ryan Harris in their production meeting, and that got repeated on the broadcast, and that is Vance Joseph saying that this is the best group of outside linebackers that he's ever coached. And I just... And, and I know someone driving down the in their car right now is like, oh, Zach, you're, you're nitpicking a little bit. Um, I loved the idea, the idea of anonymous donors. Just do more and say less and let your play speak for itself. This is a five-win football team that doesn't need um, proclamations because you know what they say on the broadcast after they say that. Uh, uh, Steve Levy said, well, Vance Joseph said that this is the best group of outside linebackers he's ever coached. And his partner jumps in and says, and he's coached Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, like, at the same time. And I I think um, for this group and this team at this point in time, go show me, don't tell me, before you even have an opportunity to show me, say less and just do more. 
Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I like how you uh, framed that and phrased it. I think you're spot on. No need to say that, really, right? Um, and put the spotlight spotlight on them more. And that that because as a whole group, they haven't done anything. None. They haven't done nothing, anything nothing, really. No. Um, Randy Gregory's the only one that has, you know, I guess Frank Clark has. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, Frank Clark, but, yeah. But Randy Gregory's really the only one. I don't know if Frank Clark's going to be starting. I don't know how many plays. I don't know what that looks like. But there's it, it's a lot of unproven, unknown guys uh, that, that are in that group that you're counting on to do a lot, and now you're putting more attention on them, more expectations on them uh, when you didn't need to. They actually um, don't have any expectations in general. Because they're they're and now they do and and now they do yeah because because you you put that label on them and someone out there could say driving around like well maybe he's trying to pump up his guys you know well you don't have to do it to the media you can pump up your guys without doing it into a microphone and if it bears out that way other people will say that for you right you know during the season because um, I'm looking at the group I'm like well Randy Gregory's missed more games than he's ever played DJ Jones you know, was already banged up after one preseason game. Baron Browning, we haven't seen at all. Well, DJ's interior, though. Uh, sure, sure, yeah, sure. DJ's uh, interior. Frank, uh, is Frank Clark 35 or 30? No, he's not that, he's not that old. 31, something like that. Yeah, he's, he's in his 30s. Yeah, I think um, so. I just, you know, I, I could have gone without it because it's one of these things where it's almost like Nathaniel Hackett last year in the preseason in Buffalo. You get blown out and you go up in, on the podium and you apologize to the fan base and I remember saying at the time, why, why did you do that? Because you just set a precedent there. What happens if you get your ass whooped like that during September, October? And what if it happens three times in a row? Do you apologize every single time when it happens? If this group doesn't go out there and play well and get after the quarterback, which a season ago they were 24th in the NFL in sacks, it's not projected to be some sort of like, you know, 85 Bears or something like that coming off the edge. If they don't play well, I'm going to remember Vance saying, well, how do you go a whole game without a sack? This is the best group of outside linebackers you've ever coached. Yeah, um, I, I think he could have he could have said it a little bit differently. And um, when when talking about these outside linebackers, just excited about their potential. A lot of young guys that have a lot of potential, and we're excited about that. I think that would be kind of the right approach here. Don't say this is the best group. They haven't done anything. They haven't done anything. No. Right, it's not um, so. It's I think it just puts more pressure on them to go out there and perform week in and week out at a high level. Right, and you didn't need to do that. Just you didn't need to swing at that pitch. Yeah. Not the end of the world. Not at all. Not the end of the world. But I, I think you bring up a valid point there, Zach. Uh, I told you someone at ESPN has the Broncos as a sneaky Super Bowl contender. It's Dan Orlovsky. Listen to this. Number four, this one's going to be a little controversial because of the quarterback, but the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, are you going to be the Russell Wilson that we saw for most of your career with the Seattle Seahawks, but talented with Dolchik at tight end, Cortland Sutton at wide receiver, K.J. Hamler at wide receiver. They got a ton of young players on the defensive side of football. If Sean Payton gets Russell Wilson back to his level, they're absolutely Super Bowl contenders. What do you think? Um... I was trying to get Dan to be my uh, fantasy football partner this year. Dan got left out of our, our fantasy. No! Uh, yeah. Um, you know, Tammy's done a bad job as commissioner. Jacob Tammy? Yeah, we tried to fire him last year. Oh, um, no, mutiny. And um, somehow, some way, he um, he's he's back, you know. Um, and he we had one extra guy, I guess, 
and the first like twelve to re- we had thirteen for twelve spots, something like that. And, oh, and Alaska was the last. Oh no, was the last one to respond. Oh, that he no. wanted to play, and so I, being the type of person that I am, I was like, dude, let's just team up because I'm not really a fantasy guy. Like, this would be fun. Like, yeah. we'll. Well, well, you know, if, if we win this thing, I mean, just both of us. just be hilarious. It'd be, yeah. So uh, I was like, let's just do it. And he was like, no, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, but I'm like, please, I don't want to do this thing by myself because I'm not always checking. And, yeah. And he'd be tapped in the best resources in that department. Exactly. Exactly. You were trying to use them. Yeah. <laughs> you figured me out. <laughs> Is Jeff Saturday still in the league? Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back, yes. baby. He's back. Yes, he That's had to why. quit the fantasy football yes. league midseason because he, because he, wait for it, took the Colts job. Head coach. <laughs> oh, my God. Take a head coaching job. I got to step down from my fantasy football league. Uh, but that's why, because we had an extra guy. Gotcha. Because Decker came in and filled in for Jeff Saturday out of the bullpen and took over his team. That is hilarious. It's a it's a it's a bleep show. Yeah, so what it, it is. sounds like it. It sounds. Damn, like we're it. trying to do dynasty mode now. Like year after year, keep the same teams, and it's like, dude, come on. Like he's going way overboard with this thing. I I, I wish you could just read the text thread. Oh gosh. like a like like right. a transcript in court. Yeah, it's it's it, there's some classic lines in there, and one individual like holds the title. You can probably guess who that guy is. Eighteen. Okay, no comment. <laughs> okay, uh, I love it. All right, um, what should we be expecting from San Francisco tomorrow night? How many starters will the Broncos be going up against? We got boots on the ground out in the Bay Area, and we'll tap into it coming up next.